0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host Natalie Barron and this is episode 122. And today we are going to be bringing back an episode from the vault. It's actually episode 99 and it's all about how to tame your inner critic. And it's with one of my all-time favorite guests. You know who she is, my business partner Lori Tab. So I can't wait for you to dive into this episode with Lori and I as we really talk about taming the inner critic so that you can achieve your wildest dreams. You can achieve your business goals. You can achieve your personal goals, whatever that may be for yourself, but you can learn how to quiet that inner critic that gets really loud anytime you are about to move toward Something really great. So, I will see you back here next week where we'll be having a brand new episode. But I am enjoying summer, my friends. So, that's why I'm bringing you one back from the vault and it's a good one. So, before we dive into the episode, I really want you to think to yourself and ask yourself this question What is that voice in my head telling me when I start to do something really big? And what does it keep me from achieving? And the third part of that question is, what becomes possible if I know I can turn down that voice and bring in my sage voice that knows and really, truly knows that I can do anything? What is possible? All right. So I really invite you to take a moment and think about that question. There's three parts to that question. And after you've had time to pause and to reflect and to really lean into what's possible, I invite you to dive into the conversation that I have with Lori Tabb about how to tame your inner critic. I am thrilled to have Lori on the show today. And today we sit down and have a conversation about what really holds us back from achieving our goals and the things that we see come up over and over again with our clients. So we just sit down and have a candid conversation about fear and how we see it manifest in our clients. And not only that, what do you do about it? How do you get past the fear so you can really move into achieving those big dreams and those big goals and having the confidence to do it while you're in the process? Because the truth is that fear can hold us back from achieving the things that we dream of in our lives. It could end up having us live a life full of regrets, and it can be paralyzing. So she and I sit down today for a conversation on how do we understand fear? How do we understand how it manifests for us? And what the heck do we do about it? So we're going to cover all of that in the podcast today, but I want to give you a little bit of background about Lori. So we talk about our story and how we met in the podcast, but I wanted to give you a little bit of background about her because what I've realized is I have talked about her. I've talked about our program so many times on the podcast, but you really haven't had a chance to get to know Lori. And I'm thrilled to introduce you to her. And I think when you hear her, you're going to understand why I love and appreciate and respect her so much. So, Lori is an executive coach, she does leadership development. And the thing that makes Lori such an amazing coach is she brings this wealth of business and corporate knowledge with her to her one on one coaching engagements, as well as to the groups that we coach together. And I get to see her in action every week. And it's such a pleasure. Um, We have this great chemistry between each other. And, you know, we started out not knowing each other that well, went into business together and have become really good friends along the way. And like I said, you know, so much of what I respect about Lori are her core values, what she believes in and how she shows up in the world. And she like I said, has a long history working in organizations. She spent more than 20 years working in marketing and advertising, where she had senior level roles with industry leaders, such as Creative Artist Agency. She worked for J. Walter Thompson. And she's worked with some of the biggest Fortune 500 corporate brands that you've heard of day in and day out. She's worked with Southwest Airlines, General Motors, Brands like Coca-Cola, Circuit de Soleil, Wyndham Hotels, and while she's been working with these brands and their organizations, you know she's been exposed to such a diverse range of cultures and leadership styles, and so she really intimately knows the challenges and the opportunities that come with different leadership styles and different environments in the workplace. And I'm lucky and blessed that Lori wants to take all of that experience and wisdom and use it to impact both individuals and organizations. So I'm so glad to be on the journey with her. So I would like to formally introduce you to my co-founder of Momentum Partners and my friend, Lori Tabb. So let's dive into the conversation. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers and 30 year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. All right, Lori, I feel like this conversation is so long overdue. I'm so grateful you are here today. So thanks for being on with me. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Of course, of course. You know, it's so funny. We have been business partners now for almost two years, right? Yes, yes. It's crazy to think about. And so this conversation is gonna be a little different than most of my interviews is we are just gonna sit down and chat about the things that we are noticing in coaching. And you know, you and I talked right before this podcast around what is coming up is people are navigating through crazy uncertainty right now. You know, in March we're going into our third year of COVID, which is so hard to believe and crazy to even think about, it, right? And you know, people are coming to us through COVID, really realizing that COVID has been a powerful pause for so many to realize what's important to them. Maybe they want to make a career transition now more than ever. Maybe things aren't going so well with their leaders leading remotely. Maybe they're feeling micromanaged. You know, people are reading self-help books. They are hearing on social media, hey, have the courage, build your confidence, take the big leap. But I think what people aren't realizing is what's underneath the blocks that really hold people back from doing that. And so what you and I talked about is what's underneath all of that is fear. And we deal with it so much with our clients. I, I would love to hear your perspective.
1: I, I think that what you're saying is so true and I think kind of the hardest part is that it's fear. And sometimes we don't even know that it's fear. Sometimes we're so busy protecting, fixing, looking out for, trying to mitigate all of the uncertainty and all of the things that we're trying to do that we don't even realize that the way that we're showing up and the actions that we're taking are being driven by fear.
0: I couldn't agree more. I I think I see that when people come to both of us for coaching and even in our group coaching, which we'll talk about in a little while, but people come to us for these, and I don't mean surface level in a way of minimizing what they're coming to us, but they come to us thinking that they need one thing. And what is really underneath that is this fear, these limiting beliefs. And as we'll talk about, Kind of these these saboteur voices that are a manifestation of that fear, um, but I want to talk about fear itself for a moment, which is how fear is a totally normal response, and it's our brain's way of protecting us. You know, we haven't really evolved, and I've talked about this on the podcast before. We haven't really evolved from caveman days, and if we were to walk outside the cave and we were to see a saber-toothed tiger, and we were to see a rainbow, instead of focusing in on the beauty and the positive feeling that we get from the rainbow, we better be focused on the saber-toothed tiger because that's what's gonna save us. And unfortunately, we haven't evolved to today's times when we aren't dealing with those kinds of uh, life-threatening fears, but we're still dealing with fears on a day-to-day basis. Do you see that with your clients too? I do. And
1: I think that it's an interesting time because I think there are things that are life-threatening right now, and there are things that feel life-threatening and that we respond to as if they are, and, and more likely than not, they aren't. And... There is this choice and this opportunity that we have to choose, as you said, the rainbow or the tiger. And our pattern and our our autopilot can be ninety percent of the time choosing the tiger. And maybe that was only a threat ten percent of the time, yeah, no, it's it might be a threat. yeah. no, it's so true. Just might not be as big of a threat, might not be a threat always, might not be out to get us in the way that we have the the lies, right, that we have created in our mind.
0: Yeah, and I think to your point, so often we don't take a moment to pause to think about consciously, why am I feeling this way? What is driving this fear? <laughs> I knew we were going to say the same thing because that's how we well, operate. <laughs> I, you know, I just had this conversation with a client, um,
1: and and that's that is the phrase that we landed on specifically. Right? Is focusing on the fear instead of the why? Why is this important? Why am I feeling this way? What could this other person be thinking that isn't the way that I'm responding to it? Mm -hmm. Focusing in on the why gets us where we want to go. And it's the why instead of the lie. Fear's the lie.
0: I love that. I, I absolutely love that. And it's so true. And I would love to hear your perspective too on how you see... Fear showing up for most people in both their professional lives and their personal lives. You know, what I've experienced with clients is as leaders, fear shows up as micromanagement. It it shows up as having uh, to have control over everything, not delegating as much as they need to. You know, I think from a personal perspective, I see it as fear can manifest itself into overwhelm. And so, and, and it paralyzes people. And so it's just easier to sit on the couch and drink a glass of wine and watch Netflix and kind of zone out than it is to to really face maybe that difficult conversation that you need to have with your teenager or your spouse or a friend. It's just easier to just disengage. So I'm curious to hear in the leaders that you're working with, how you see fear showing up for them too. I see a lot of the same things
1: that you mentioned. Uh, I think one of the things I notice uh, is is a fear of what other people think. A fear of how other people, how I'm measuring up to other people's expectations. When so often we don't even know what they are. and And if we do, we don't even give ourselves credit for all the things that we're doing, that are superseding the expectations. Yeah, and living up to them. Uh, I notice a fear of a fear of letting go. I notice a fear of difficult conversations. Oh my gosh, that's so huge. It comes up often that there's some uncertainty or some fear about what someone else is thinking or what someone else wants or expects or needs.
0: And what we're really afraid of is asking. Mm -hmm. I see that all the time, especially with women. I know you and I both coach together. We coach women separately. We coach women, but we also coach men. And I would say I see, I see that with both women and men that I coach more so with women, but this fear of asking for ourselves and, and, what I've gotten to kind of what's underneath that is so many, and I'm just speaking about women right now. So many women seem to be afraid to ask for themselves, whether it's a raise, whether it's they're in their own business and they're selling their services, whatever it might be asking for resources, because they feel like they're not worth it. And it's, it it breaks my heart. And I love to see women come on the other side of that. And then all of a sudden, yeah. building that confidence and asking for themselves and and getting into action around doing it and realizing that the world's not going to fall apart and that more often than not, they're getting what they're wanting, yeah, which is so, so powerful to really move through that fear. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later on, kind of the the action steps and, and the, and this, the, you know, kind of the problem solving part of it, but um, but yeah, it is. You're bringing to mind another thought, which is
1: a, 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 a hold back because of a feeling of not being worth it. And also at times a hold back feeling as if no one cares what I think, or that's a stupid question to ask or I should know already. And those lies, really, I'm going to refer to them again, get in our way. Sometimes having the courage to ask the question that you have is powerful for everybody else in the room. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I I love what you're saying, Lori, and it's so true because I think as women, we hold back, but what we don't really realize is that we're doing others a disservice. And women are so much about service that I love reframing that for women when they can realize that when they're holding back, they're actually hurting other people or they're they're not serving other people in the in the highest possible way. And that has been a, a really interesting shift when women can make that and realize that. Hey, not only by asking for myself am i helping me, I'm also helping the other women on my team and the other junior members and the other men on my team to know that it's okay to ask anyone, right? And creating a culture,
1: right? And contributing to a culture where it's okay to ask questions, where it's okay to question things because that's so critically important in order to be successful in order to have innovative solutions in order to continue to push forward. Yeah.
0: Well, and you and I both have girls, (laughs) different ages, but we both, we both have girls. And that's been really important for me. And I know for you too, to empower our girls to, you know, if we say something, ask why, why? Like, why is that the case? Or not, you know, be comfortable speaking up and asking for more for themselves, asking for, you know, with teachers or professors. And that's been really exciting to see this shift in this younger generation that I think is doing a better job. I th- I think they still have work and there's still socialization there that is common, But I know in our generation, we were taught to be the good girls. We were taught to be quiet. We were taught to not speak up. And I'm loving kind of seeing the undoing and the unraveling of that in in our girls' generation. Yes, they are advocating for themselves in a way that we didn't even know we were allowed to um,
1: and were discouraged from. We were lucky to be in the room, right? So if we were in the room, we weren't going to rock the boat.
0: Exactly, exactly. One of the ways you and I have talked about this a lot because we're both uh, certified in positive intelligence training and through uh, Stanford lecturer, Shirzad Shamim. um we're both big advocates of his work, put a lot of clients through his program and uh, it's a seven week program. And we see people really make these huge transformations and, the essence and the foundation of this program is all around those saboteur voices, which is essentially fear manifesting itself mm-hmm. in these voices that try to keep us safe. And we know them all too well, these saboteur voices that talk down to us, that criticize us. Why are you thinking that way? Who who are you to speak up in front of the room? Who are you to make that ask? What do you think you're doing? You know, that was a stupid question. How many times have we heard women say, well, I'm afraid to ask a question. And then internally, like, oh, why did I say that? Or why did I not say that? Mm -hmm. And so many of of these manifestations are these saboteur voices. Um, I know you've done a lot of work. You actually introduced me to the work. So would love for you to kind of share your perspective on the saboteur voices. I really am a huge huge fan
1: of the positive intelligence work and the impact that I see that it's had in my own life, in the life of, um, in my family, in giving us a vernacular and a way to talk about some of these fears and a way to talk about some of the coping mechanisms really that we develop that then become a part of our problem, right? Then become a part of the they They make us less effective, and they, you know, they they lessen and dampen our impact. And one of the things I love the most about it is the realization that the saboteur voices, those negative voices, are typically a strength and overdrive. They are typically something that when we were young, these saboteurs were created to protect us, right? You talked about sometimes we have to like, you know, run for our life from the tiger, right? To protect us. It's a it's a safety net. And the realization that some of the things that we were taught either to protect us because of a situation in our childhood or that we were praised for, I was praised for getting things done, being good at getting things done. Um, I, I know you were praised for the same. And sometimes it's something we're praised for. Sometimes it's it's conflict around us and we're taught to be the peacemaker Mm -hmm. and we're really good at being peacemakers. And that's a huge asset in a lot of different functions within any organization. And we can be so good at it that we develop a pleaser saboteur and a voice that tells us, if everybody doesn't like me, I'm going to fail. If I say no, if I don't have the courage to say no, right? Then I'm going to, I'm going to lose currency or I'm going to lose confidence. And that's the the understanding and the ability to kind of have an awareness around how the things that I'm really good at are also the things that can get in my way is really powerful.
0: It's such powerful work. It's so powerful. And, And the way I describe it in our groups and when i'm talking to my clients is i always tell them to imagine a, a new york building how tall it is and that is their strength their strength is being the peacekeeper i think about my daughter bailey like that is one of her core strengths is she is the peacekeeper she's always been switzerland in her friend group and key pillar for her huge tall building but if you think about the buildings in new york they all have a shadow side. And that shadow is exactly what we're talking about, is that strength in overdrive. There's always a shadow side to that to that strength. And that's when, when we take it from being a strength into that other side and we cross the line, that's when it becomes detrimental to us. So, you know, I think about Bailey and the energy that she had to expand in high school to kind of be the be Switzerland and hear everyone's problems. And, and that it was tough on her. And so it's like, when do you own, Hey, this is my strength. And when do you also put boundaries up? You know, I can think of so many work situations where, you know, I was a pleaser I have, or actually I'm going to correct myself. I have a pleaser saboteur and, and you know, the reason why I'm saying that as I'm looking at you is because we talk about that in our groups when we go into all the saboteurs that can really manifest in ourselves. So often we start by saying, well, I am a pleaser. Yeah. You know, I am a hyperachiever. And when we can decouple that and really tear it apart and say, no, I have a hyperachiever saboteur. I have a pleaser saboteur, or I tend to have this kind of characteristic. That is so empowering because it gives us choice. And it also gives us hope and the ability to know that we can change that. We can absolutely change that and be aware of it. Yeah. And we don't have to let go of the strength. Exactly. I think that's the thing. Sometimes when,
1: uh, I'll have conversations with clients about this work. All of a sudden we get really protective (laughs) over those those saboteurs, right? Because we're so afraid that we're going to lose the strength, right? Um, The strength is yours. You're never going to lose that. That's yours. You've developed that. You're not going to walk away from that. But the ability to be aware of and notice when it might be getting in your way or in someone else's way.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We talked earlier about, you know, you could be really good at project management and having control over making sure that things get done well and seeing kind of obstacles that might come up and and overcoming those and having a thought and a plan and stifle other people mm-hmm. from growing their own ability to be able to manage a project well, because we're so particular in the way that it has to be done.
0: Yep, absolutely. And you know, speaking of the strengths, but tying it back to fears, you know, I, I wanted to to share with the audience, you know, one of my fears, one of my fears, is I do have a hyperachiever saboteur. You know, I've done the work, and I know that that is my number one saboteur. I can get a lot of stuff done, um, and I can also be fearful that other people aren't going to live up to my expectations or Mm -hmm. people are going to take advantage of me or um, like I've been in work situations for many years working on big teams where I was the one that was, you know, having a a combination of a hyperachiever and a pleaser saboteur can be uh, really time consuming and really take a lot of energy because I was the one that was always volunteering to do all of the extracurricular projects and taking on extra projects outside of my day job. And, you know, one of my fears that came up, I had a solo practice and, uh, when you and I met and, you know, I realized actually, now that I have you on the show, I've never talked about our founder's story and uh-huh. I, I know. And so, Um, I think we should talk about that and share that with the audience because it it ties back to one of my big fears. And so I think before I get into the fear, I would just love to talk about how we met and how we got here and how and why, really the why, of why we're doing the work we're doing. Yeah, well,
1: I... um... I'm so grateful that we are where we are and would have never guessed that this is where I was going to be a couple of years ago, Uh, having left corporate and left kind of big organizations to go out and hang my my shingle as a coach after being certified and going through uh, multiple training courses and a lot of work to, to obtain those certifications and to launch my own business. Uh, you and I were seated next to each other at an ICF meeting. ICF is the International Coaching Federation. They are the body that kind of oversees and um, facilitates certification and and growth and development for coaches. And we were sitting next to each other at a chapter meeting, and they did a they did kind of an exercise, which is not kind of normal par for the course. I think it happens sometimes and not all the times, but it was one of those things where they said, turn to the person next to you and da da da. And you and I were next to each other, had not met before and hit it off. I don't even know for sure if we did we the didn't. exercise. Or
0: <laughs> we didn't.
1: <laughs> uh, quickly made plans to meet the following week for um, breakfast or lunch. And I, I think it was breakfast and it became a lunch because <laughs> we spent so much more time together than we thought. And, you know, I think there was a real shared uh, I I think we noticed shared values right away. I think we had some shared goals and interests, some shared background and And as a result, we became accountability partners, actually, with a third coach. And we met every Monday morning and talked about, these are the things I'm working on. These are the things, you know, someone else is working on. I recommend that, by the way, for for founders and entrepreneurs and really anyone that's feeling kind of isolated in this work-from-home environment that we're in, is find a couple of people that you're going to meet with every Monday and... And sit with them and go over your goals and share and and encourage each other, um, and that's what we did. We encouraged each other in what we thought were going to be these kind of very independent practices. And when COVID hit, we were having a conversation about what we were hearing from from friends and from clients, and realized that there was this huge opportunity to create a place and a space for women to come together and design where they wanted to go next. So sometimes that's leaders that have just taken on a bigger role and they're really trying to step into that new leadership role and wants more confidence and clarity around what that leadership vision looks like and where they want to go. Sometimes they are trapped in golden handcuffs. They're really good at their jobs and get paid really well and don't have to leave and no one's gonna make them leave, but they don't like it anymore. It's just not that fulfilling anymore. Yeah, it's not
0: feeling their um, soul anymore.
1: And sometimes it's somebody in a different kind of phase of transition. And we created the first uh women leading powerfully leadership lab. And truthfully, I don't think we thought it was we we're necessarily going to do it more than once right. when we created it.
0: Right.
1: Uh, but it we weren't even halfway through it when There were enough other women who were coming to us saying, we want that too. And we started our second cohort and it's just been an awesome experience since then developing other materials and, and programs that we've taken into organizations that are not just for women that are um, for all different individuals and um, growing our business and seeing the impact that we can have and the impact that the people going through our programs are having on everyone else. And that's the thing I love about our partnership is it's not just, you know, one plus one equals two. We have an opportunity to help others see what the power they have and to use that power and influence to have a huge impact on others who then can have an impact on others. It's exponential.
0: Absolutely, And I think it's the thing that really drives you and I and, it's not just about us building our business. It, the things that you and I are texting each other about and talking about are everyone else's successes yes. that are coming out of our programs. And that's what lights yeah. our souls on fire. And that, that is the commonality, I think, throughout this whole thing, that you and I are finally doing work that fills us so deeply and so meaningfully um, because it is high-impact work. We are creating meaningful results for people that have long lasting effects on them, their confidence, their business, their, their employees, their staff. And it's just, I know you and I feel the same way about it. It's such a privilege to be a part of that. It is. And to know that we have, you know, our clients are the ones doing the work, but to know that we've sparked that. Yeah, You know, yeah, it's so, so powerful. And I kind of want to, you know, first of all, just acknowledge like I love our partnership and we solidified our partnership a year and a half ago and it was the best decision I've ever made, but it came with a lot of fear on my part. And I want to turn it back to that fear is um, fear almost prevented me from really stepping into our partnership. You and I were working so well together and collaborating together. And like you said, we, we weren't sure if Women Leading Powerfully Leadership Lab was going to be a one and done. Um, but then we had other people that wanted to sign up for it. And here we are enrolling our eighth cohort of that. And I almost didn't take that step in continuing the partnership because of fear. And I look back now mm. and think to myself, Oh my gosh, what if I would have let fear get in the way? Yeah. Like what I would have missed out on. I'm glad and my, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I didn't either. But you know, I, and I'm just having this real conversation so people know, um I I had a client actually tell me recently. I don't even think I shared this with you. She was struggling and she said, "Well, you know, I'm in your program with Lori and I just feel like my problems aren't everyone else's problems because I feel like you and Lori just wake up every morning and the birds are chirping and the skies are blue and there's rainbows and unicorns everywhere. And I just don't (laughs) I just don't feel like you guys struggle at all. And so I tell this story to let people know that we have fears. We have saboteur voices. And you know, those are real for both of us. And and like I said, going back to my fear the fear that I had was long-standing, limiting beliefs that my parents had planted in me about doing business with friends and partnering, uh, having a business partnership. I had been told since the time I was young, because my dad had an unsuccessful partnership, and it ended up uh, really kind of hurting our family, and we struggled for a while um, because my my dad as much as I love my dad, one of his strengths was not being an entrepreneur. He was a great engineer. um, But he wasn't a great business person or salesperson. Um, That wasn't a core strength of his. And when that partnership ended, you know, all I, we felt the effects of that. But the beliefs that came with that because of that experience were, you know, never partner with friends, never do business with friends, you know, always be a solopreneur. And so I had that looming in the back of my mind. And I had to do work for myself to really get past that. You were great along the way because, first of all, you created the psychological safety for me to talk about those things and for me to talk about my fears. You know, you were basically coached me through those conversations. And like I said, I look back now, and I think when, when we think about and when we're coaching people, When you think about getting to the end of your life around what what would my life look like if I lived my life from a fear-based perspective, and I think that life comes with a lot of regrets. I know that if I wouldn't have been able to get over my fear, oh my gosh, I can't imagine us not having what we have and the partnership that we have and the impact, more importantly, the impact that we're making with each other for others. And so, you know, I provide that example just because, it, you know, it's, it's important to let people know that we all struggle and we all have fears, but they can be overcome. They can be overcome with a coach, a friend, you know, someone to really help you be consciously aware that the fear is what's driving the decision. You're not, you're, you're more in reaction mode than making a conscious choice about what's true and what's truth. I love, I love where you landed. You know, what is true? That's one of my
1: favorite questions in life, in coaching with my kids. What is true? What is the truth? What's the truth we're seeking? What's the truth about this situation? What's true about what I am good at, what I bring to the party, what I need and want? Exactly.
0: Exactly. Well, one of the the pillars and the, the values that you and I always lean into with every program that we do, every coaching engagement, is we are all about helping people turn insights into action. And I want to kind of close up our conversation by, I think we've let people know how fear can get in the way. I think we've let them know about the saboteur voices and the effects of those but let's, let's turn it into action. You know, what can people do now that they're aware of those voices and the fears? What can people do to move ahead? Because I think this is where all the self help books fall short. You know, they tell you what to do, but there's not either that accountability or that support along the way. So, you know, we'd love to hear your perspective on how people can move forward past the saboteur voices and what comes next.
1: Yeah, I think the first step really, and and not to be rushed, is awareness. The first step is noticing and asking yourself, what's getting in my way? What's stopping me? Is that true? Is that true? Uh, There is so much control that we have should we choose to access it in our mindset in our thoughts, in what we choose, the voice we choose to listen to. And so one of the things that you and I do with our clients and in our groups is to help people get acquainted with their sage voice, the sage perspective, the one that knows you can do everything that you can do, the one that knows that that all of your strengths the one that has full belief in you, that confidence, and you can choose to follow a truth and to follow the sage perspective and to look at things through a lens other than the saboteur lenses, which somewhat become autopilot. Sometimes we're just so used to doing things. We don't A, notice that's the awareness piece of it, that that's how we're doing things and that's how we're showing up or that that's the impact or that we have a choice we can choose to look at the rainbow
0: yeah and I, I think that's the biggest awareness that comes up in our group program is people said I didn't even realize I had a choice of any other voice right I had no idea. yeah like, introduce me to the sage voice yes. where has this voice been all my life? because I you know, I didn't even know I could access that. yeah, that's been so powerful when people realize they have the power to turn down the saboteur voice and turn up that sage voice who, like you said. Right. And I think that goes back to one of the things, you know, you were asking, what can we do?
1: It's, it is being in community with others around these topics. Um, so whether it's the accountability group, you know, you and a couple other people getting together and saying, Hey, what are you noticing? What got in your way and asking some powerful questions, um, or whether you join, you know, one of the groups that you and I do, um, whether it's around positive intelligence and digging deeper into the saboteurs, but um, also our leadership labs, and allow yourself the opportunity to share the awareness and tap into that sage perspective that can drive you forward.
0: Yeah, and I I love that you recommend that because I think the power that we've seen in the groups, which quite frankly we not that we weren't expecting it i i didn't i don't think either of us realized how powerful it would be of this community of women that all of a sudden get together and they start being each other's advocate and they start challenging each other to take bigger risks and to turn down the saboteur voice and they start holding each other accountable to their goals and they're creating these relationships outside of you and i their yes. friendships have been developed, business relationships have been developed, and to see the power of women supporting each other in that way is, like, I literally have goosebumps talking about it because it's it's what fills you and I up and it's, it's what we smile about every day, but, you know, when you're around people that are like-minded, that have big goals and have big dreams, and who are also... At the time, at the same time, feeling stuck, feeling like they don't know what the next step is, to all of a sudden get that energy and that community in that same room is so powerful. It's so powerful because they start becoming each other's sage voices, yes. re-emphasizing that they have that sage voice inside of them. And so if you don't know how to call on that sage voice yourself, you know, these other women start to become your mirrors. And then you can start to access it more easily, so. I think
1: that's the thing that time and time again, I hear from participants of our program that they had underestimated was the power of community. So there's this kind of dual impact because on one hand people are coming because they want community and they're feeling a little bit alone and isolated in what's going on for them. And on the other hand, uh, never would have guessed the impact that allowing other people to share in their discovery and to share in their their um goals would have the impact that it does. and I I I just I love that and I you know the relationships that we've seen, the friendships, the accountability again, it's about the exponential impact, right we we get to coach you know, a few people for a, a period of time, and then they're coaching each other,
0: know. you know, on an ongoing basis and expanding that impact. And it's, it's amazing. It, amazing. it is amazing. We just had a group the other night who the women were trying to be more active because life is busy and they all agreed amongst themselves to hold an accountability meeting while they were walking. And, that's what they're going to be doing, you know, in the next couple of weeks. And so I love that they're taking the initiative. They're with, like I said, like-minded women who have the same goals and aspirations and dreams that they do. And uh, nothing more powerful than being in a group with those type of people. Um, And again, this is not a sales pitch because we believe in this program and we know it works, but we have a group opening on February 28th. We already have Um, Several women signed up for that program. And just to let the listeners know, we do cap it. And so it's capped at 15 women. We keep it small um, because we want the women to continue to develop those relationships and keep that intimacy in the room. Um, So if you're listening and are curious, you can go to womenleadingpowerfully.com or you can reach out to Lori or myself um, to have a conversation about it and- I'll have Lori's contact information in the um in the show notes so you can listen to that as well. So, Lori, I have loved having this conversation with you. It's been so easy, just like our partnership. It's been effortless. And um, I'm so grateful you are on. And I look forward to having you on more podcasts so we can talk about all the things that are near and dear to our hearts and and how and what's important to us in terms of impact. Um, any last thoughts or Any words of wisdom you have for my listeners before we close out? I was just thinking
1: about the fact that being on a podcast is a fear that I now have overcome. So thank you (laughs) for this invitation and this opportunity and great experience being here with you. And I love our partnership. I love the work we get to do. And uh, I hope that I get to meet some of your listeners someday in one of our programs.
0: Uh, I love it. And what a great way to role model getting into action builds confidence. Yes. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now.